part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brandon and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. So is it fair to say, is it fair to say that we don't want a podcast today? I can't hear myself. Should we just let let Carl in on that? Yeah. That we're that we're overwhelmed. We're feeling well. Actually, I'm not. I feel pretty great today, Carl. But my co-host for you. My co-hosts feel not great today, and I feel like this is an imposition. So, if it wasn't for the fact that that everybody would yell at me, I would just get my little portable recorder and record an episode of this podcast in the car as I drove to Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that you would yell at me at the very least. I would say meandering car conversations are not very interesting. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, that's how she yells. But I don't know how much more interesting it's going to be to have all the noise from the Wednesday festivities well it's it's either that or or come in tomorrow and do it it it, you know what you know what the important thing is that we're all together and just being real about how we feel so let's just talk about how we don't want to let's spend 45 minutes talking about how we don't want to do this podcast um okay you first (laughs) well i've already spent two i've already spent two minutes Tabby's over here, too, but she hasn't said anything. It's not, because it's not helpful to complain. Like, we know this. We know, logically, that continuing to air our frustration and air our mood when it's a foul mood doesn't help. No. But it also doesn't help immediately to just say, oh, you know, I probably need to change my attitude. I need to to find a way to cope. Like, that doesn't help either. Right. I was just talking to Colin so this morning nothing helps. about it because Colin was having a hard time. He, I told him it was time for school. He did what Colin always does where he just goes, ah, I don't want to. And I said, Colin, the reason that your brain goes there every time is because that's been trained. It's been trained to keep thinking ah, every single time at school. And I said, the only way that you can overcome that is by overriding it you have to intentionally think of three things that you like and i said right now and he goes do i have to and i said yeah you have to so what did he think of what are three things that we can while what it took a while what are three things that we can think about i don't know colin thought of legos (laughs) and video games Mm -hmm. legos video games and roller coasters and actually there's more than three caden and colin have run through twice now right um and, and so I said, that's, that's good. The more you do that, the easier it will be to continue following that trail. But it is difficult. It, and I acknowledge that. I said, you know, even grown-ups have to learn how to, how to recognize when they're not thinking about lovely things right. and um, try to, to take charge of that, take responsibility for it, do better. But yeah, it's really, really cold outside. It's raining. It's Wednesday. It has rained every Wednesday in, been cold. 
and been cold and windy for like as long as we can remember. And it's very difficult to keep 12 kids busy in, you know, in the rain when you can't go outside. Well, they stay busy. Yes, that's true. Right. It's so hard to keep them busy with good things because mm-hmm. they, they are very uh, violent sometimes and they make large messes. And so we're doing our best. And it's been... There's been some pressure, some pressure because we feel like we want to help other people feel like they're not alone and we want to tell them that their lives are normal even when their lives are difficult, like that's okay. Right, that's why, we, that's why I, we bring it up is because there are probably people listening to this podcast that are doing something that they don't want to do. But it's difficult because literally every couple of seconds somebody has to jump up and do a correction or, you know. Except for me. I don't have to do that. Or That's help a baby who's fussing. Or right. Warren is sad. We've got Always. kids upstairs that are supposed to be resting, but I would be surprised if they're actually staying in their they're bed. Not. At least Silas. Andrew Andrew took off and drove back to his, his uh, military base in New Mexico and took off in a car that was... Probably not safe to drive to the other side of town. It's not safe to call it a car. <laughs> right. Luke was skeptical when he said he was going to drive it. Yeah. Andrew well, was like, it's fine. It's in the shop right now. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be ready. It really wasn't fine. Yeah. So he broke down in Oklahoma and had to, and had to have some more shot. emergency repairs done. So that didn't go the way it was planned either. Right. Right. And I have been reading a lot of things lately. I've pretty much everything I can get my hands on about like about joy and cheerfulness and um, about work. You know, plotting through our work. Mm-hmm. But it is still difficult the way that that it's so cyclical. The way that we can have good days and then bad days, and um, it's kind of it's challenging to try to maintain. Keep our eyes on the prize and yeah, maintain. yeah. What is the prize? Heaven. <laughs> it is. I don't know why that's funny. Uh, because that just seems a little more. I, I was I was thinking that, that we were keeping our eyes on a more short term. No. Like the whole the whole thing is about keeping your no, eyes. No, that's on the, the whole problem. I think the yeah. whole problem is that we want short term gratification and it just doesn't come. It doesn't come, and it doesn't come, and it doesn't come, and so. As is testified to by the fact that we don't feel like doing this podcast. Right. Yeah, but we're going to do it anyway. So I came across an article that I was going to ask you guys about. No, not was going to, am going to ask you guys about. Uh, This is a dude that I sometimes agree with and sometimes I don't agree with. But he's writing uh, five reasons, I think it's five, five, five reasons why young people are deconstructing their faith. You know, we've been talking about deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've been talking you, about deconstruction. Yeah, we have. As and as you guys struggle to maintain your uh, control of yourselves after your enthusiastic uh, response to that title, uh, first of all, he says that deconstruction is not synonymous with deconversion. Everyone who deconverts from Christianity probably deconstructs first, but not everyone who deconstructs deconverts. That's a crucial distinction to make. And I think I agree with that. Okay. Um, second, it's not helpful to refer to deconstruction as a movement. Movement implies a group of people moving in the same direction toward the same destination. Deconstruction is less of a movement, more of an explosion, which I think I also sort of agree with that. 
Um, but I'm going to give you the uh, reasons that people are deconstructing their faith according to this uh, article. And then I want to know if you think this is on target or not on target. The number, and I don't know that these are necessarily in the order of importance. I think these, he just numbered them one through five because he gave five reasons. Okay. So, uh, so number one is trust in large institutions is declining all across the board. People are increasingly losing their faith in large institutions in an age of mass information. Fake news, out-of-touch politicians, Me Too, hashtag, uh, income inequality, conspiracy theories, public health crisis, and absurd political theater. So he's saying that people are deconstructing their faith because they're losing confidence in large institutions like corporations, government, and the church specifically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would you would you say that that's yes that that's a true thing? That is true. Um, so, is it uh, is it true then that that does the church uh, does the church deserve that? I mean, is it is it correct and right to lump? large institutions like the church in with the government, etc., and distrust all of them, or should the church be treated differently than other institutions? You are asking the wrong people on the wrong day, Dad. <laughs> I don't know what you want from us. I don't know if it's right. It is on. Oh. Tabby's microphone's on, too. Mm-hmm. By the way, Tabby's standing over there rocking a baby. Tabby's jumping up and down with Warren and... and shaking her head i don't know if it's right or wrong it is it is what it is Mm -hmm. people don't feel like they can trust the church and i don't know how to make a person trust something that they don't trust i don't know i've like i said i've been reading everything i could get my hands on about okay so let's say you're struggling with you know doubts or Mm -hmm. lack of faith or unbelief and Mm -hmm. you know you believe you think that you believe what the Bible says. But then at the same time, you wake up on a crappy Wednesday and you're really having raining. a hard time acting like a Christian. Right. What do you do? And I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I do understand why people go, yeah, maybe I'm on the wrong trail here. Maybe I can't really trust. I don't know who to trust. I don't know where to look. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by the church either. If you mean like God's actual elect, like the true church capital c that the body of christ that's been redeemed or do you mean like the local parish that you can walk down to because i think the vast majority of local parishes on the street corner are deserve, not trustworthy deserve to be put under a microscope see, that was my question that wasn't that hard to answer was it i didn't know which church you're talking about right i think that the actual church christ's body is trustworthy i think that it endures but i'm saying that in faith like i'm saying it with my mouth today even though it doesn't feel like it in this moment Mm -hmm. and so that i can totally sympathize with people who wake up enough days in a row feeling crappy and go you know i don't know who i don't know if i can even believe that anymore right so well the reason i thought that this would be this would be worth a discussion is because we've been pretty critical of deconstructionists for uh, various reasons that that they have uh, a tendency to just burn things to the ground and and call it progress you know like there's no goal and the article towards the end gets to that gets around to to saying that deconstruction without reconstruction is not a good thing right well they deconstruct and then there's nothing left and yeah that actually is that's 
an encouragement to me is the realization that, oh, even the people who are very skeptical and, you know, looking around and seeing through everything, um, not able to, to grasp anything. It's like, well, they can't do that forever. They have to actually believe something at some point. And so I take a look at like what it was actually Paul Washer who said, you know, you, you have people who are struggling with doubts and they'll come to me and they'll say, um, Oh, I don't even know if I really, you know, believe this stuff anymore. I'm struggling. I, my faith is weak. And so he'll say, well, why don't you just go back to your sin? Why don't you just go back to your drugs and your, right. you know, go your back, alcohol? Go back and to the awful life that you had before. Go back to the prostitution or whatever it was that, you know, whatever it was you had before. And they'll say, N- I can't do that. And he says, why not? And and the implication there is, oh, apparently I believe or have more faith than I thought I did. Like, apparently I actually do believe that some things are wrong and some things are right. And, um, and so that is still... That's still there. Right. But, but yeah, like there, the only thing I understand why people want to tear apart what they've been told because it doesn't seem true, you know, where, where something starts to feel like it's not trustworthy anymore. I understand that. And I have sympathy for people like that. But yeah, the only thing that keeps me from kind of heading down the exact same path is that I've seen where it leads. I've seen that when they're sitting in a pile of rubble, they still aren't better off. Their lives aren't better. They're not, you know, net happier than people who are clinging to their traditional faith in Jesus. Well, the the article also talks about deconstruction being a thing that isn't always bad. That there, it depends on what you're deconstructing and how you're deconstructing it. Because he he points out that that. Um, faith is a thing that is that's active and you're constantly working on it and in order to in order to work on your faith and and grow your faith there's times when you have to take some things apart and right. and find out whether or not they're true and then right but i don't there. think that the term deconstruction usually usually refers to like a single thing that you've been corrected about like i don't think it usually implies that you're hey here's a thing i didn't know about you know, you don't think the Trinity, and now I now I'm learning more things about it or something. Right, I I would agree, but he's he. There is, is some element of deconstructing every time you learn something. Every time you you learn a new good habit, a bad habit is replaced. That's what he's saying. He's saying that deconstruction is is not is not something that can be avoided uh, in all cases. But the the problem is it is when you are. Uh, you know, you just, for example, he, he makes reference to the uh, popular or famous Christian people who leave their faith. That's that's what he's talking about. The people who have, after all of these these influential these influential people who have been in uh, Christian bands or been uh, preachers at big churches, big Christian churches, when they renounce their faith and walk away from it as a result of deconstructing it realizing that everything that i thought i believed to, to be true turned out to not be true right. everything like right. i'm saying the word does not just refer to a single area that you've like improved or that you're starting to you know have a different perspective on it's usually everything right. deconstruction is like completely taking apart your entire worldview mm-hmm. in my opinion right 
So to say deconstruction is unavoidable, I think, is to use a different definition of that word. I'm disagreeing with the guy who's saying that it's unavoidable. Uh, because you don't think don't you think, think that deconstruction you think that most people uh, understand deconstruction to be the complete to dismantling total, yeah. of their entire worldview. Is that always a bad thing? Is she close enough to her microphone, or Can't should really we, hear it or should well. we deconstruct her? I'll push that over closer to you. It's got a baby in both arms. One baby. I'm sure in this both has been arms. said many times. I'm sure that this is nothing new, but like. I don't think that all kinds of deconstruction are a bad thing. That's what he's. That's, that's what, what the article said. is saying. I was texting mom while you were reading it. <laughs> the guy is saying that deconstruction is not always bad. He had a baby in both arms. How did you text her? I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm saying I don't think that that's what people mean when they talk about deconstruction. I don't think that they mean oh sometimes you take one little thing apart. No, no. I mean, I mean, even a total overhaul. You knock the entire castle down to its foundation. If your castle was drugs and alcohol and all things horrible, and you're deconstructing that and sitting in a pile of rubble, going, "Well, now what?" That's actually an okay place to be at to be built up in a good way. Most people you meet, you kind of want them to sure. already be there so that you can give right. them the building blocks for something stable marcy's yelling from the potty that was uh yeah that that was i think what what we were right saying. But, but at the same time people my generation of nihilists of of you know sad uh melancholy <laughs> hopeless depressed <laughs> progressives nihilists yeah we don't just deconstruct the drugs and the, you know, the sex, the drugs, and the rock and roll. Right, you deconstruct the every, the every, all interpretations like of scripture, Like, you didn't even go far enough. When you worship talk about services, sitting, no, 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 music. not even just that. When you talk about sitting in a pile of rubble, and now you get to build up back up something good again. It's like, no, we don't even have the, the word, rubble. we don't even have the word good in our arsenal anymore. <laughs> what is good? What is truth? What is, you know... What is happiness? Was I ever even happy? Have I, Have what I is ever joy? been happy? You know, kindness and faithfulness. What is faithfulness if it's not? Isn't that just brainwashing yourself? And then it's like, well, what is? What do I even mean by that? Who what am I, I? What do I mean by self? Who am I? Am I a man or a woman? Like all of this, we we have deconstructed completely. Like yes, fifty years ago, fifty to hundred years ago, people could go, wow, I'm a I'm a wretch of a sinner. I'm you know, drinking my life away. I'm gambling. I'm not faithful to my spouse, you know, all this stuff. Right. And I know I shouldn't do that. So right. but the, and I'm going to deconstruct my old life and I'm going to turn to Christ and I'm going to build a new life. Well, you just said, I know I shouldn't do Correct. that. I know. I'm saying right. 50 to 100 years ago, people knew they shouldn't do that. And now and they now, don't know. They don't even know that. How right. do I know what I know? How who's, do to I stay, know? who's to say that being a falling down drunk is incorrect. Yeah. Or that I can help it or that it's, you know, somebody, somebody's telling me that it's possible for me to get clean and to live a life that's different from the life I'm living now. But right. this is me. But it would just be different, not this necessarily is me. better. Nobody has ever lived this life before. Who, mm -hmm. who knows that, that that's true for me? Because when we've, when we've made truth relative, what we've done is we've made only ourselves, you know, the, the, the judge or the standard by which we judge everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, it, it leads to a sense of disconnect. It's loneliness, it, distrust in other people because not because we think that they're 
terrible people or we hate them, but because it's like we've been told that there is nobody else who can possibly understand what we're going through except us. It's a personal journey. It's a personal journey that we're going through that we call life. And, and nobody and can no make one these else decisions. has any useful insights because their lived experience is different. Right, their us. lived experience is different from yours, and so so we de- when we deconstruct, we fall hard. We go very very far down. You guys are achievers. You <laughs> yeah. youngsters are achievers. Congratulations. Uh, number two, we live in a m- more diverse, accessible, and mobile world. Uh, for the better part of world history, most people didn't have to worry about having their faith tested by alternative truth claims. You simply lived and died within the religious system you were born to. And now we have uh, uh, access to the world, basically. Right. A dizzying array of opportunities to encounter and befriend people of different cultures, lifestyles, and religious backgrounds. And maybe you're getting to this, but it's not just the fact that there's this whole smorgasbord of options, but like I just said, we've been told that it's all relative. And so now how do you make a decision when you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of different worldviews in front of you, you know, different lived experiences, then you have to choose which one you're going to live in your own body. How do you even make that choice? From from a, as you said, a smorgasbord of equally viable Correct. options. Equally, well, it's not always that it's equally viable, but like, but yeah, you have to consider them all. You can't just, we don't have the tools necessary to make decisions, to make judgments, to make good discerning, you know, choices between like Buddhism and Christianity. And so we look at the two of them, and we might have some sense that one of them would be better. Because if we really thought neither one of them was better than the other, neither was better than the other, we would just pick one, and it wouldn't cause us any sort of anxiety. Mm-hmm. But we do feel anxiety all the time. We do feel like we might be messing up or making a mistake. And so there is still this sense that something would be right, and something else would be wrong. But we don't know how to make the decision so because would, it's always been done. Like all of our judgments are done from our own perspective, using our own standards. And so we would deconstruct our own worldview in favor of, say, Buddhism, because uh, up 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 until you know this generation or recently, we, you didn't even know anything about Buddhism mm-hmm. except for the fact that, like, maybe you would see pictures of it. Like, I remember my first encounter with with quote unquote Buddhism was in school when I saw, uh, like, in a history book, I would see pictures of people of tibetan people you know sitting in in burning incense in their uh robes and it's like these are buddhists i'm like oh they're buddhists and but i had no idea what that meant right i I didn't know i don't think that matters that much i don't i don't think the knowledge you don't think my personal experience with buddhism matters or you don't think i mean i mean i might be wrong but it sounds like the guy and or you are saying that part of the problem is the fact that we know about all the other options out yeah. there. And I don't think that that's a fair judgment. I don't think just because we know about the other religions, even in-depthly, the fact that I know a lot about these other cultures and religions does not automatically make me deconstruct my own. It just frenzies people who are already doing that. Right. They're so, already searching. Yeah. It's, it just, it's option overload for somebody who can't make decisions and judgments. But for somebody who does have a foundation, somebody who isn't deconstructing their entire worldview, it's not a huge deal that we now can reach across the world and talk to a Buddhist. It's not a really big deal that we can reach across the world and talk to a Hindu. It's not like, oh no, another religion. Like it can actually make some people more firm in their faith. (laughs) 
You know, the fact that we have all of these various, just like you and I talking to atheists for years was actually something that, that brought us like comfort and security in our faith. And some people, some people would be like, how, like, how would you not be influenced by those atheists? Like, how would you not suddenly be, if you talk to them every single day, how are you not being deconverted from Christianity? Some people, some people like can't imagine associating with people who have a different belief system and not acquiring that belief right, system right. slowly you're going to, to convert become like i them. don't want to be afraid of the technology i don't want to be afraid of the knowledge that's like saying in order to protect your children they should never they should never go outside right. and i don't i don't <laughs> I, I think to be fair to the author he's not he's not defending one thing or another he's just saying these are the reasons why people are are deconstructing for right or wrong, this is the access. It just to, is. We have access, access to, to alternative religions. points of view and alternative belief systems. Uh, of course, is going to affect people. If you if you grew up, you know, living on a mountaintop, and it was just you and your family. You didn't even know there were other people on the planet, and you and you're going to live a different. You're going to live a different life than once you realize. Wait a minute. There's other people. There's other humans on the planet that, and they're and they don't live on a mountain. You know, next next to a lake. How how is that even possible? So just knowing that there's other points of view is going to be potentially hazardous to people who are to people who have been told that it does not. Different points of view can all be the same. Can all be, all be the same. Yeah, which is what I. Which is why I said before, maybe he's getting to that, but that relativism is uh, that relativism is, the is why people are yeah right the relativism problem. All right, number three, uh, high performing Christians are simply burning out among many ministry leaders, and and I would take exception to the high performing label right um, because I'm not sure I don't exactly even know what, that, what means. that means right among many Christian. <laughs> Ministry leaders, I suspect the why of deconstruction isn't nearly as distressing as the who. No one loses a lot of sleep if the spiritually apathetic or consumer-centric churchgoer deconstructs their faith. But when a popular Christian singer-songwriter, a former missionary, a member of the worship team, or a heavily involved church volunteer starts, uh, people start paying attention when those people leave the faith. Right. Um, I think that that is, I think rather than high-performing, I think he's talking about Highly visible, famous, High yeah, in, influential people of the faith. When they when they leave their faith, um, it causes other people who are less influential and less strong to do what people always do, which right. is follow them in their in their deconstruction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Are you going to argue with that, Tabby? No. Well, it goes back to. It goes back to who did they? Who did people used to revere? They used to revere people that they knew in real life, and you know, ate with and talked with, and and so it was harder. It was harder to know. Oh, that's a good point. It was harder to find somebody who left the faith, you know, a hundred years ago because, because you didn't they, know more than a few people. You know, also when those people left the faith, quote unquote, they still remained part of the of the group. Right, like if you like if you're, I don't know. I would assume that you would be ostracized from yeah, your group, which I would is why say you when didn't they left leave the faith. faith. I would say when they left the faith, they left the community, and then you didn't know what happened to them, and so it wasn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't communicate that well. It couldn't I, lead you away. When somebody was struggling with a with a doubt, 
or somebody who was teetering on the edge of a crisis of faith or whatever, uh, you could you didn't have people outside of the community influencing you. This kind of gets back to the earlier uh, reason. You didn't have people of alternative viewpoints going, "Oh yeah, where you know you're going in the right direction now. Right. You should you should right. totally turn saying. your back on those people." I was saying back then you didn't have back you know 100 years ago or whatever the people who were most influential were going to be like your grandpa right or your grandma you know members of your tribe or some or the pastor who's been the pastor at your church for 50 years you know or something like that to deconstruct your faith back then was much much harder and much more um painful because if you were going to leave your faith you were going to what never speak to your grandfather again you were going to never go back to your dad's house you were never going to talk to your neighbors and go to the church you grew up in and right some people did it i'm not yeah i'm not saying right. it never happened but i'm it was just harder. saying that it was harder because you had to literally give up people not just um a building right not just but, a but then on the flip side if somebody were to leave which is what we're talking about here you didn't follow them i mean literally physically your mind did not go with them the way that it can now on social media you can follow you know, uh, John Piper's son, Abraham, right. on social on TikTok. media. Yeah, and yeah. find out what he thinks all the time. And it's like, no, you know, 100 years ago, he would have left. And, and then you never heard from that him would again. be the end. Yeah, he would have he lived in a bus. Until right. he came back. You know, under a bridge somewhere. Right. Yeah. Right, but now we get to hear his, you know, his very wise, very profound thoughts all the time whenever he wants to open his, his phone his and let us in. His strong professions of uncertainty. Right. And... Yeah. Right. And so like that, that happens because, um, because they're high profile, like, like your guy says there in that article, mm-hmm. um, they're influencers, they're highly visible and that's different than it was, you know, it's different than it was a right. century ago. Well, and a lot of people also right, right. think if they were so prominent in this Christian this Christian place, then they must be the ones who actually have it right. And so they are walking away from this thing, you know, and they had skin in the game or they were the missionaries, you know, they were the ones closest to God. Me, just the lowly lay person, what am I even doing here? So even, you know, even, even those ideas make it harder. When you watch somebody of prominence who you assume is more holy than you walks away, then you're like, oh, well, what am I... Why am I, am I still here, here if yeah. that person's not? If that guy doesn't believe anymore, if that right. guy can't find God and he's doing what he's doing, I'm never going to find it either. Well, right. is that is it also true that we have that we sort of follow people uh, based on not necessarily what they believe or, or what they've what they've said, but just because other people are following them? I mean, isn't there a certain amount of uh, notoriety that you can achieve now on TikTok or social media or whatever you can get you can get a massive group of people to pay attention to you and uh, you really don't have anything to say I don't I don't know about that because social media also makes it very easy to disagree with people and there's a lot of hate following there are a lot of people following somebody because they completely don't agree with mm. anything that they say and so I don't think it's just like, oh, that guy has a million followers on Twitter. I'm just going to go do whatever he does. Like, we're, we're a little bit, we're actually more skeptical than that. We've been taught to, um, to basically distrust, like you said at the beginning, organizations or large groups of, of people. Right. And so now, like, 
I think we do pay attention. Kind of go the other direction now with celebrities. It's like, oh, well, what are they doing wrong? You know, they must. You th- really? Uh huh. Yeah. In fact, it's. Then why it's are we much- still getting celebrity and and uh, sports figure endorsements? Why why do we still people let don't. them advertise products? Businesses do, and even then, it's not as much as you would think. That was. That's fading quickly to, get, really, to get a celebrity to stand up and be like, well, I use this kind of whey protein. That doesn't really it doesn't work. doesn't work anymore? No. You know really? what? Um, Kylie Gosh, Jenner. It's, it's been so, so, so long since I've watched television or, or been involved in mainstream. Yeah. Kylie Jenner made her own swimwear line. Yeah. Like did her own she? swimsuits. Oh, you didn't even know this, Tabby? I thought you I were I know gonna, she did lip stuff. I thought, I thought you, you knew all know, about Kylie Jenner. Yeah. I thought you were going to know where I was going with this from just me mentioning her name. So her swim brand is Tabby's just as dumb as me. I think it's just called Kylie. I think it's just her first name. And everybody who's reviewing her product, everybody is saying it's just crappy. Well, yeah, her makeup stuff is crappy The sewing is bad. The coverage is bad. She was like, I was like, a bunch of people were like, I was so excited about this. I love the Kardashians. I think they're really beautiful. I think I was looking forward to this because it looked so great on the model you know in the in the catalog and look look at this like i can't even show you on camera because i'll get kicked off of tiktok because i'm so <laughs> indecent like there's like, so much it's out. see-through like the fabric is actually Ooh. like you know practically mesh she's like there's it's not megan's doing pantomimes over here that are apparently <laughs> supposed to communicate something that's wrong oh that this. the swimsuit goes right up your booty cheeks well but it's supposed to like i thought that's that the was thing. what you wanted right in a, in a swimsuit not, i thought you it, wanted it to be correct wedged what up they're in your saying crack. is it's not the style like they knew it was a thong they okay. knew it was going to be a barely there string bikini that oh. their nipples would barely be covered like, right they knew so all why that. are they upset because there's threads there. no not because it's barely <laughs> Oh, for crying out loud. See? Nobody's complaining. Even the girls don't understand what's going on. They're not complaining that they're half naked. They're complaining that the threads are coming. There's pull threads that are making it completely come apart. That the fabric itself is low quality. (laughs) It feels like cardboard. Yes. That they washed it once and it completely, like all the color came out of it. It turned into dish soap. Up your crack. Right. That's it's not the not problem. The problem is it look- comes apart when it's up there. It's not and then you have to figure out how to trashy. dig it out. It's then not- you can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it makes them look trashy. They're good with that. It's that it doesn't it's not built it's that the trash actually is made out of trash. So what? you know what? I am going to start a line of products. Are you? Yes, I am. It it just occurred to me that there needs to be a Kylie Jenner swimsuit extraction kit, <laughs> then it's a comfortable, it's a comfortable way oh to remove the destroyed swimsuit from your various orifices. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? All right. The hit, hit me up at jumpbranding.com, Carl, and the, uh, and I'll sell you one. The point is, is that celebrity endorsements were a thing of the eighties. People blindly followed celebrities, and if it was good enough for, I don't know, Michael Jordan was he in the eighties? It was good enough for Michael Jordan. It must be a good product. But now everybody knows that celebrities are they're paid, people too. and they're people too, and the stuff that they make is usually bad, or they're right. just told they need to endorse this. Like we're no, we don't trust them. You don't anymore. think we didn't? You don't think we knew that in the seventies? You think we were no, pretty I, dumb? No, but I mean, dumb enough they kept doing it. <laughs> dumb enough they kept Buying using the shoes. Yeah, that well, kept happening. And, but and to like, that's I interesting. Don't, so we've deconstructed that even. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. They deconstructed the celebrity. Celebrity fallout is happening much more than celebrity uh, stardom. Yeah. Having somebody who you've loved for years and years and years Mm -hmm. and years and years says one thing or worse, they find a thing they said when the celebrity was 12 and they're like, kill him. Get him. That's so interesting. I guess I I kind of believe you. I'm still not sure though. I I think that celebrity worship has been a thing that's been around forever. Hundreds of TikTokers. This is straight from Google. Well, from the sun dot UK. Because they want to be hundreds them. of TikTokers have blasted Kylie's fashion line, claiming the swimsuits are poor quality, with many fans complaining bad stitching, see through, paper thin fabric, not to mention they're being sold for eighty dollars per item. And they're saying things like, We don't have a problem with you using, you know, trying to make a profit or whatever. We don't have a problem with you using lower quality material, but then that. give us a lower quality price tag. Don't make us pay, you know, Eighty dollars for a swimsuit. That they should comes be like apart. disposable, like like twenty five dollars swimsuits. Yeah, and and when you throw them in the washer, it, it's like a Tide Pod. It dissolves, <laughs> washes the other clothes. Right, right. People wouldn't mind paying for that. Oh, that would be awesome. So yeah. they're saying that she has quote lack of integrity as a business person. Uh huh. Her yeah, skincare was awful. Her swim line's so poorly made and cheap. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Feels like a cash grab, and she knows people will just buy her stuff because she's famous. Right. Yeah. Right. That's my because because they've always been so upfront with the rest of their lives. We're really shocked that they are. They're not like she's not that's selling my that point, many. Though. She's now that this has gotten out. Now that normal everyday people can say. I don't think that this is a good quality swimsuit. The rest of us know in advance, and so we're not plunking down any cash. Not that I would. Well, anyway, we weren't but. anyway. We weren't buying that stuff, right? Because I've, I've I don't never bought anything because it was endorsed by a celebrity. Hashtag, I've not seen a hashtag that's like defend Kylie or right. buy up all the swimsuits. <laughs> I haven't seen anything like that. Maybe in the seventies, right? But and we 80s. are not the majority of people. That's I'm talking about hashtags and trends. I'm talking about social media. I'm saying yeah. I have not seen anyone coming to her defense and saying, oh, you know what, guys, lay off. She's a really great right. person. Like, right. everybody's like, yeah, probably blasting, is bad. Blasting <laughs> the bad. rich has okay. always been in style. Even though you're right, they do follow them. They do watch them. There is this they weird. They do want to trade they, places they with them. They want to be them, but yeah. they also know that, like, they got blasted when everybody in quarantine was like, we're all in this together, guys. Everybody was like, yep. no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> we are not in this together. Yeah. Like, all like, right. Well, that I, uh, that's interesting to me because I think that that is also a sign of deconstruction. Yes. I'm telling you, our generation and younger is different from what we've seen before. Like, the, we go hard. We deconstruct all the way down. And it's not like, you know what I need right now? I need a gender to tell me what to do. Like, no, we will we will throw all of that out too. Uh, prideful prioritization of conformity over unity. Um, Do we what? Prioritizing conformity over unity mm. is the reason that people are deconstructing their faith. That's number four. I don't even understand that one. We can get so stuck in our own little pool that we never notice the stream of orthodoxy is wide and deep and beautiful. Within, without even realizing it, we can become convinced our own tradition of Christianity is the one Christian alternative to non-belief. Now, why, why wouldn't the same thing apply to different brands or, I guess, different threads of Christianity that applies to all of the worldviews? Because he's saying that we have all of this exposure to all of these, you know, to Buddhism and to Hinduism and to atheism and to, which is, I repeat myself, why aren't Hindus deconstructing? No. What I'm asking is, 
why is he now claiming that we don't have very much exposure to other, quote, threads of Christianity? How, why would that apply? Uh, why why would we not have the uh, same access to no, no. different I don't unity. I don't think he's saying we don't have access to it. We do still have access to it. We're saying that the way that we think about it is the only possible way. Right. He's basically saying that even, despite all of this exposure, you're right, he's contradicting the, saying, those two things are contradictory because yeah. he's saying despite all of the all of the access that we have to different ideas, we're still we don't accept hell bent it. to hang on to our, to our traditional Christianity. Yeah, Christianity our and everybody else is wrong. Like our brand or our understanding of it or the Christianity that we've always grown up with, that we only have access to that. Right, and that, that is what's causing people to deconstruct their faith because they're seeing that that tiny little legalistic mindset. Right, and they don't know that orthodoxy is so much bigger. And bigger and wider and beautiful. It's like, why don't they know that? Why why can't they use the same internet, you know, and the same social media to find other streams of Christianity? Right. Uh, I don't know. Because that's, that's, that's been That's why experience. I wanted to ask you, what's the matter with you? Why are you looking like that? Because I was thinking, maybe because no celebrities told us that it's big and beautiful. <laughs> we need Kylie Jenner we need, to tell us. We need Kylie Jenner to tell us there's so much more to orthodoxy. <laughs> well, and that was what I was thinking of when I was thinking about deconstruction has not necessarily a bad thing and also not something that necessarily takes you completely all the way down. Because my experience has been learning from people of different faith traditions, learning from Calvinists, learning from right. um, you know Presbyterians, learning from... Catholics even, um, and and realizing like oh, an Eastern Orthodox uh, people, the Catholic cousins. Shout out to the Arabs, what? to the Arab Christians. What? Um, and no, you know, finding out that these people exist and that they also love Jesus has been edifying for me. And so I've ended up deconstructing, I guess, some of my pride or some of my biases, some of my short sightedness. Some in of favor your evangelical of, bubble. In favor of embracing some some of that wider, you know, th- that wider stream. Mm. But that, mm. that's possible because of the books I'm able to read and because of the, the internet, you know, the, the knowledge. The access you have to all the alternative points of view. Right, right. So that's why I don't understand how that made the list. I'm confused. Well, I think he wanted to do... More than three, but less than seven. Mm-hmm. And he so he settled five, on five. Which is yeah. the perfect essay, by the way. Five is... Five yeah. points and then a conclusion. So he got he got to number three and he was like, shoot, <laughs> I can't think of anything. I haven't reached my word count. <laughs> I know, conformity over unity. Yeah. Yes. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why it was, was said that way either. Because, because we're all obsessed with the idea of unity... Um, right. Well, and I don't understand the distinction between conformity and unity. Isn't isn't that what unity is? Is all of us conforming to the same that ideology? that idea is actually more of a new thing that you can somehow be unified and different. Oh, it's oh, my rant about trolls too. It's all about that the idea that you can somehow all be unified, right? Um, but still believe, but completely different things entirely. Like yeah. they don't, they don't share a single, uh, they don't share a single value, but the somehow trolls? they're still unified in different yes. areas. Well, they like the to trolls sing. don't share the same values. I thought oh, they all. Oh, I guess they do all like to sing. That's they well, they all like to sing, and don't they all like to to uh, put? Megan their... doesn't get to talk to me about this because we disagree. <laughs> don't they get to? Don't they all put their heads on pencils? Give me a mic. <laughs> Let's see. I was gonna mime she through this, but apparently I have to take over. Tabby. 
So the trolls... Trolls 2 is basically a Unitarian approach <laughs> where there are actual moral values they agree with and moral stances like be kind, accept one another. So there are like some statements they'll make, but if you disagree with them and say, well, but that right there is not kind, then they all look at you and they say, well, how do we know? How do we know? That's your truth. That's their favorite thing to say. That's your truth. The trolls and, say that? No, I'm talking oh. about Unitarian. Oh, okay. I was. But that's. <laughs> I was like, what? You don't, but you don't have the trolls saying making a statement that not every bit every other troll agrees with either. Like there, it's a children's movie, so like they don't. They only go so deep. Yeah. That's- so that's what we're seeing today. Is this? Um, we don't have to make this. You know, conform on anything. We don't all have to be the same person with the same beliefs, but we all have to treat each other with respect. And they can't say what that respect looks like. That's the problem. I don't necessarily have a problem Thank you, with Megan. saying we don't, we don't all literally have to sit in the same pew. We don't all literally have to do the same things. But, yeah, they, they are almost, well, you know, they try to deconstruct words too. And so they very much like the idea that we can all have different truths and yet still be unified, even if those truths contradict, even if there, even if there's no way of being both respectful right. and kind. Right, because like I said, we were never taught how to discern truth in the first place. So from the very beginning, the truth is relative message has, has put us in a really bad situation because we're really comfortable tearing things apart. We're really, we're really comfortable asking questions and, you know, standing with our arms folded saying, prove it. But then when we are presented with something that's good or righteous or truthful, we wouldn't even have the ability to recognize it. We don't have the tools necessary to um, to judge that it is, in fact, true and to go from there. So Right, right. Because we, we have been brought up. I say we, but not me. Uh, no. No, you me. still believe in Michael yeah, Jordan. People have been brought up to believe that, that having you know, a strong opinion about what's true is is itself incorrect and arrogant and closed-minded. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's more that when you do have a strong opinion about what's true, I'm immediately, I'm not going to say you're wrong, right? but I'm immediately going to say, prove it to me. And it never occurs to me that I don't have the tools necessary to judge whether what you've said actually does prove you can't evaluate whether right. or not what i've said is i've been taught to be a judge um, but i'm just an unrighteous one i don't know how to i don't know how to judge or to discern properly uh number five is the acceptance of political idolatry and conspiracy theories in christian communities i don't know how uh okay say that again acceptance of political idolatry and conspiracy theories in Christian communities. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily think that those are being accepted either. Very little is being accepted. That's it. Like, it's just... So deconstruction is so severe that we that even trying to give reasons for people deconstructing do, doesn't work. Well, de- yeah, it's <laughs> There's so no reason pervasive. for deconstruction because we've deconstructed all of them. It's just completely... It's It's... How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? All the way down. And it doesn't matter. Like there's, it's like a free fall. There's nothing that you can grab onto on the way down. Just, you know, every time somebody would try to answer a question for you, you can just cut that apart too. Right. And so, yeah, it's, 
it's very difficult. It's sort of like when we were talking about Eastern mysticism and how they are against logic, you know, because they've deconstructed logic, I guess. Right. And and you can't even talk about that. Like, how do you even begin to have a conversation with a person who who thinks reason itself is unknowable or unachievable or undesirable? It's like that when you're talking with a, you know, an American, a young American a young in this American century. Who is, who is not religious, but they're spiritual. Maybe. Even that is more than what I normally get. Yep. They really? Are, they're not that either. Yep, they're not spiritual either. So what What are they? They're nothing. Like, it's, they're free falling. It's they, like they're they trying. They don't live very long. Yeah. I've said this on this podcast at least four times. On this podcast yes. or on your podcast? Both of them. I've said this a lot, but Gen Z, the generation after Mandy and I, my kids and, you know, a little younger, or a little older, sorry. Yeah. Um, they have the fastest suicide rate. Mo- a lot of them are not hmm. making it out of high school. What's funny is that they, well, not funny, but they, they blame that on COVID for the past couple of years. It's like they blame people, it on everything. Are, people are committing suicide because of COVID. They blame like, it on guns. Yeah. They blame it on bullying. Well, they blame it on well, COVID. I'm talking spe- specifically the suicide. And there is, yeah. there is a link. Like, there's a, re- there's a relationship between the fact that they're now realizing they can't trust the government they can't trust, you know, their churches. They can't trust mm-hmm. the medical establishment. Like when they when they start going, gosh, what do I do? Do I go see Do I go see a doctor when I'm sick? I'm do I go see my all. pastor? Do I go see who do I trust? The you know, I'm not allowed to go and meet in groups without masks on. All of it goes together with these big questions. They've got more and more and more questions, and nobody that they trust to give an answer. So, so it's sad. Uh, well. Aren't you so glad we podcasted? Well, we about covered this that. Today? Yeah, I'm happy that we were able to. I'm happy that we were able to bring a little sunshine to this very day. <laughs> Actually, it is t- sunnier talk now. Talk about the hopeless, nihilistic, uh, deconstructionists. Uh, hopefully, it brightens your day a little bit, Carl. Are we going to record some content for Thursday too? Because that'll just be what. That'll be so great. I don't know if we're going to do that or not, uh, but. Uh, I don't have anything else to say. Okay. Bye, Carl. (laughs) Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.